Hello, you're listening to Dude, Have You Seen This? And today, we are going to be talking about the first two episodes of The Witcher, whether, whether or not you should watch it, what we thought about it, and then whatever the fuck else we feel like, because one of our co-hosts didn't join us. I hate when that happens. Golden, don't you? I do. Yeah, well... <laughs> If I ever did that, I would be so ashamed of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Mr. Sir normally joins us. He won't be with us today. But Gold and I are still going to have some fun. So normally this is where we talk about what we've been watching lately. And I haven't really watched Jack shit besides The Mandalorian. Yeah. I've been watching a lot, actually. Um, uh, Let's see. I watched Zombieland 2. On oh, early streaming, like right. I bought the early release, I watched uh, the second season of You, and then I won't been watching Misfits, and then last night I watched Ready or Not. So I know that you. What's had, Ready or Not? That's the you, that's one that you had strong feelings about the ending of the one where they get the the wedding, and then oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember in the group chat you guys yeah. were talking about. It, so I watched it last night. I rented it from. The ye old red box with ye my points. I got it for box, free, which is selling video <laughs> games right now. Oh, they're, really? Yeah, they're getting rid of it finally. I think it's just costing them way too much money. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I never understood the fact of you know why you would want to rent a video game for one day. It's like, I mean, I get it. You, I can understand renting it to see if you want to buy it, but you know, if I get a video game for one day, I'm going to be like, oh, well, and I mean, then again, I'm not. It's not like it was back in the day when I had, I could get a, take a video game home for a day and just play that, and that was my life. Right, yeah. Now it's like, oh, if I rented it for a day, I'd get like two hours of playtime, so I would just get through the introduction and be like, oh, okay, well, this seems <laughs> Plus, fun. Uh, your daughter's probably almost to that age where she just might want to take over anyways. She, uh, Yeah, I'm waiting. I figure by next Christmas, I'll be uh, getting a video game system that we can all enjoy together, which will probably be the Switch, because let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Nintendo definitely has the market cornered on family-friendly oh, video sure, game systems. Sure. Um, unless you're the family that enjoys killing American enemies. I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> the holidays, like Call of Duty. Uh, no, I guess one of the big things that I heard was, and I don't know if they came out flat out and said it, but they said people were making dummy accounts and using those visa cards but they would preload them with five bucks and then they would rent a video game and just not return it so you get a video game for ten dollars oh i mean yeah that makes that, that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> um so anyways yeah i seen that <laughs> what uh, so you liked ready or not I did. I I actually I enjoyed it, and I was like, man, that'd be a fun, fun family tradition. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Like I, originally, it doesn't happen every year. Yeah, or like a, every time someone gets married. Originally, like from the trailers, it made it seem like anytime someone's marrying into the family, they they try to kill them. But then it's like you and watch a the very movie, deadly game of yeah. hide and seek. You watch the movie, and you're like, oh no, it, it, they could have come up as old maid. Or, you know, it's in, all because this family has a deal with the devil. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, but it, as far as devil deals go, that was a pretty sweet one. I yeah. mean, he's like, listen, this is what, there's. you're going to put a card <laughs> in this box. It's going to spit out a game. You play that game. By the way, if it's hide and seek, 
you got to kill that fucker before the sun comes up, <laughs> starting at midnight. So if I was like in that family, I'd be like only winter weddings. <laughs> Get as much time as you can because yeah. summer wedding. I mean, you, you only got till what six a.m. Come yeah, on, that's only six that's, hours that's true, yeah. in a mansion with servants' corridors. Like how the fuck? <laughs> but pretty much. Oh, okay, I don't want to get into spoilers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like the movie. I know Mr. Sir likes to say I hated it because I disliked the ending. And it's not that I didn't think the ending was cool. I didn't. I thought the ending was neat. I just, was it the twist that happens before that or, like, the character turn? It it just kind of soured me. And it felt really forced. And then the ending, I just didn't feel like it fit for some reason. It just... See, I kind of liked the ending. It was just like... And and I gotta say, I like the fact that they were a little more tasteful with the children dying. Think <laughs> about like because everybody else was like, you know, the ending was happening. Things mm-hmm. were it was in the room where you could see it, and then the woman with the children was like, "Run!" And they were out of the room, but then you know that it happened. Yeah, <laughs> from three pops. <laughs> so it's like, oh, but they didn't <laughs> oh, want to show right. yeah, the okay. children dying. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that that kid was a dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, ch- check out Ready or Not if you happen to come across that. There's some very important life lessons that you can learn from that movie. Like, don't give a coked-up woman a revolver. <laughs> yeah. Like, or a crossbow <laughs> any or any weapon. weapon. Yeah. yeah. That just kept happening. Yeah. Like, I know you're. I know you're really coked up right now, but here, <laughs> take yeah. this medieval weapon. It should be fine. <laughs> we don't need the maids. <laughs> They're just servants. I mean... It did also come up with a line that I told my wife that when we get a house, I want to have a goat room. A just goat room. Really. Goat room, just because they had the goat room, and there's that line in there where they're like, just take the maids' bodies to the goat room. And I'm like, I want to say that someday. <laughs> so I need maids and a goat room and, you know, someone to kill one of my maids. Yeah. Or you could <laughs> not kill somebody and just say, take the coats yeah. to the goat room. I don't know. I know it doesn't have that same draw that it's taking the, the body to it does, but... <laughs> The goat room. Just just having a goat room is how rich are you that you have a goat room? You know you could get one of those CPR dummies and then you could say it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh Mr. Sir may be joining us. Is that is that what it looks like here? He said that he can Skype in because uh he he didn't set his alarm and his kids actually slept in, which never happens. Okay. Um so, Mr. Sir won't be joining us today, I guess, all the way from London. <laughs> He's got to take that red eye in, if there is a red eye from London to the U.S. Normally, he brings he takes the brown eye in. <laughs> At least we try to talk him into doing that. <laughs> uh, so, we'll wait till next week to talk about you, but if you just want to give like a, a quick brief thing what that's about. Oh, it's... Uh... Uh, and I was actually quite interested to find out that it was originally a show on Lifetime or Hallmark Channel, one of those two, one of those channels that I've never watched and never would. And it got horrible ratings, so they dropped it. Netflix picked it up, and then they're like, and now we'll take another season of it <laughs> because it, it's really good. It's based on a book, um, and it's about this guy who's extremely obsessive. Uh, like he sees somebody, he meets her, he wants – to know oh, so everything like about her. People. Yes. He okay. he falls 
you know, quote unquote, in love with the person and he obsesses over her and what would be best for her in life. And then he does whatever it takes to like get rid of the people he considers toxic in their life and make himself the only, the only thing that she wants. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's really well done. Like it, it's done to the point where, cause you know, the guy is wrong and he's a psycho, but it's done to the point that you feel bad for him and you can kind of see his point, even though the whole time you're going, no, this is, he's fucking nuts. And he is, uh, the second season just came out on Netflix and yeah, I just binged right through it because with the wife, cause that's a show that she actually likes too. And it's so crazy. Like, it's really well, like I said, it's really well done. I really enjoy it. Um, uh, based on a couple books, I guess there's the woman has two books out there. One's called You and the other one's called Hiding Bodies. So, oh, cool. Very cool. (laughs) But it's one of those, you know, dude with a troubled past. And the second season, they get more into his past to try to explain why he is the way he is. But I mean, Still kind of just excuses. <laughs> like, they're not saying, yeah, I mean, he grew up like this, so it's okay that he does this. Yeah. Uh, no, that sounds pretty sweet. And then what was the third thing you said you watched? Oh, I watched Zombieland 2, and okay. I've been watching uh, Misfits. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody recommended to me Misfits, and apparently I found out after going on Facebook and posting that Misfits is now my second favorite British television show. First one being IT crowd still. Uh, I found out that apparently a couple people throughout my life have recommended this this show for me, and I just never watched it. Yeah, I just thought it was so strange because <laughs> I remember talking about it like years ago. Yeah, I just found I just <laughs> quote unquote found out about it, um, <laughs> regardless of how many people have told me about it. But I just finally watched it, and like I actually started watching it. And I'm like, I really like this show. And, uh, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, if maybe you spent your life ignoring when people tell you to watch stuff, then you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast because that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. But anyways. Or you just enjoy it and not watching the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy listening to people talk about stuff that I'll never watch. Um, go in and watch it. It's, it's a Brit, it's definitely, it's very fucking British. Like, and half, half the things that are said are British swears and half of them are American swears. So there's a lot of swearing in it. And, it's about a group of kids that are on uh, like community service, like wearing orange jumpsuits, and and then there's this weird freak lightning storm that rolls into town, and they almost get struck by lightning, and then they get superpowers. Like, and but the one oh god, like there's this one girl that has the worst pot. I think it's just the worst superpower if you can't control it. Uh, and especially for it to be to be a woman that has this power. Like I know most most guys out there are gonna be like, dude, that's yeah. the best power ever. But it, it wouldn't be if you can't control it. Basically, yeah, right. anyone that touches her feels the one hundred percent uncontrollable urge to fuck her, oh, and yeah. says so, and not even like not make love. No, they want to like they are as they're pulling their their pieces out. They're they're saying in great detail what they want to do to her, and it's. <laughs> It's not something no, it's that not. you would say to someone you've just met, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would hope not at least. No, it, and, but it's like she can't control it. So it's like someone just touches her and like that's it. Like their penis is out. In fact, that happens almost every time. Like she'll pull away from them and they'll be like, oh, why is my penis out? <laughs> <laughs> every time. So like, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's funny though. It's, it's an enjoyable show. I'm not too far into it. What were I'm you like watching that four on? episodes. Uh, Hulu. Hulu. 
Yeah, that's on Hulu. Uh, I guess there's I like know if maybe five seasons. To Britbox or something. No, I didn't even know about that. I probably should. Oh yeah, it's and it's pretty cheap. It's I think it's like five bucks a month or something nice. like that. Um, and then yeah, the Zombieland two, double which tap. a double tap. I highly recommend you don't watch it. Oh really? Yeah, it's it, the entire movie was a rehash. It's either they were re, either rehashing their jokes from the first movie, mm-hmm. or rehashing jokes that have been in every fucking movie out there. Really? They even do the you know. They meet two people that are exactly like them, but neither of them see that the other, that that person's a oh. spitting image of them. And yeah. I mean, it's well it's well played by Luke Wil- Luke Luke Wilson, one of, one of the Wilson brothers, the no- more normal looking Luke. Luke, not not the one with the nose. Owen, yeah, not Owen, Luke, and not Stephen. That's <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Owens. No, no Stephen yeah. Owens is in this, but it, it's well played by him. But at the same time, um. it's the same joke. That we've seen. Yeah, unfortunately, Stephen Wilson million. couldn't make it to the podcast today. <laughs> Stephen, yeah. <laughs> this movie has is the mid credit scene. Because they have a mid credit scene with Bill Murray. And the only, that's the only, like, really? I laughed hysterically at that. And I'm, I'm upset that I paid $20 to buy the movie because I thought I would like oh, it. You, it's you didn't the only even way, run it. No, I didn't even rent it. It was, I had $20 left in my Amazon gift card. And I'm like, eh, let's, let's do this. We'll watch the movie tonight. I'm sure I'll like it. And I didn't. But you, uh, you I did pay laugh more hysterically. attention to the other group chat that we're in because friend of the podcast, Bad Taste Jake, loved that movie. Oh, see, I should have then. He probably hated the mid credit scene. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, there's always a little bit of overlap, you know. Like, yeah, he likes something that other people would like. <laughs> now and then, the sun. Like, well, it's because you know, even <laughs> even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Broken clock is right bra- twice a day. And if I've heard ever heard the analogy, Bad Taste Jake is definitely a blind squirrel looking for a nut. He is. And I, I, honestly, that came off sexual, and I did not mean it to. I mean, he may be. We don't know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, Maybe that's why he wears just basketball shorts. Two so pairs. it's easy for him to hurry up and unleash his beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope he's listening. Yeah, it's Knowing him... He's not. But see, knowing him and like how he takes random weird things out of that, he's gonna be like, oh, he's gonna be all happy. Yeah. He's like, he called it a beast. It's like not not the fact that we insulted him all the way around on everything else, just the fact that I said that his penis is a beast. No, no, I talked like, to no, him. I said, hey, you should listen to the new episode, and not even just to give viewers. I just he's always asking about <clears throat> at least me and. In the group chat, he's like, hey, what, is there anything good streaming, blah, blah, blah? I'm like, why don't you listen to the podcast? Oh, we talked about you on the newest episode. He gets all buttered. All right, listen, I don't understand why you guys are so obsessed with me. You got to talk about it. But I was like, well, maybe you should have better taste in movies, and we wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. It, it It's not even like, because everybody, everybody on the planet has some movie that they like that everyone hates. Except me. No, you do. I guarantee you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain we've had conversations about these things. But with him, it's like he's honestly has the exact opposite taste of everyone else in our friend group. Yeah, and it's not even just that. It's anything simple, that shiny, he'll just like. He's the crab from Moana. Yeah, he is. He's shiny. <laughs> just <laughs> he's a collection just like, of shiny. Just a collection of bad movies that nobody likes as a shell on his back. <laughs> Oh, he's so Matoa. (laughs) (laughs) 
God, I hope he listens to this episode oh, now. You yeah, should be like, dude, should. half the episode was about you, Tomatoa. Yeah, oh, yeah. we should just change his name in the group chat to Tomatoa. And when he asks why, be like, oh, listen to the podcast. Yeah. And then yeah, this yeah. is why, Jake. This is why we changed your name to Tomatoa. Because you weren't always just a <laughs> you were a drab little crab once. Yeah. And it's not just that. Like, starting out, I felt like he had decent taste in movies. But it was just such a fall from grace. He went hard down that down that path. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I have a a burning question sent in from a listener. Oh God, what is your most what is the most embarrassing thing you can admit to watching? Oh Jesus, there's so many. <laughs> Other than the fact and that liking, there is my absolute love of musicals. I can't remember if I watched The Greatest Showman before the last or after the last podcast, but I did get to borrow that from Bettino, and I'm like obsessed with that movie now Are too. You really, I am. I love the. I, I don't know what it is. Like you can put a shitty movie in front of me and have some song and dance numbers, and I'll be like, "Well, fuck it, this is good." Oh shit! Do you have <laughs> and, any and, other examples of that? <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, like I watched Anna and the Apocalypse. And I like. Oh, hold it. on, that's not a shitty movie. Though. No, like, it, maybe it's not. But then a guy that I'm good friends with that we have very similar taste said he was very disappointed in it, and which made me question: Did I really like it, or was I happy that there were song and dance numbers? I don't know. I've watched that movie probably at least ten times. Okay, so I it is good. It. Okay, yeah, yeah. then I feel better about my choices. Um, I mean, everybody knows. And, and I feel like maybe I should be embarrassed about my love of Hell Comes to Frogtown, but I'm not, which may be all part of the problem. See, I have rose-tinted glasses with that. Me too. It's, it's Rowdy Rowdy Piper as yeah. the last fertile man on Earth. That's all you need to know, <laughs> to know that that's the best movie and ever. Frogs at, frog soldiers are like keeping humans in internment camps. Well, they were, they were put to the reservation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yet, you never feel, they never try to get you to feel bad for them. Like that, that's, that's another thing. It's like in any other movie... If any other director took over that movie, they'd be like, we want to make you feel sympathetic for the frog people that were mutated and then forced on in, in into reservations. But like this movie is like, no, they're still they're, they're bad guys. You know, a movie that reminds me of um, remember like the alien that's come to Earth mm. and one of them's like a cop buddy. It's uh, something nine. You're talking about the one with. Uh, oh, air, like. They they made it into a TV show and where he starts to turn sequels. into it, and it's the British guy that. Oh God, damn it! Is Alien Mine? Oh, you're talking, oh, Alien! You talking about the the cop buddy drama one? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and that was Alien Nation. Alien Nation. They got drunk off of soured milk, and salt water was like acid to them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember that movie. I thought you were talking about um, the more recent movie. That I can't remember now where it where they were like uh, the guy is like an inspector for like those camps to make sure the aliens aren't getting too far advanced or whatever. And then he gets sprayed with something that starts to turn him into it. And oh, no, District nine, District nine. I knew it was something. I do love that movie. Um, No, but the reason I bring up alienation is because I feel like hell comes to Frogtown is the. More fun version of it that. Is. <laughs> I mean, any li- any movie where you can have Rowdy Rowdy Piper say the line, I agreed to fuck for freedom, <laughs> is special. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. Which is more really dear to your heart? Um, Hell Comes to Frogtown or They Live? 
Hell comes to Frogtown, actually. No way. And I and I honestly think it's because a little bit of the hipster in me is that so many people know about They Live, and it's right. a great movie, right. and I love it. I do love right. it. But like, I'll have people be like, "Oh, have you ever seen this movie? It's They Live," and they start talking about it. I'm like, "I have, but have you ever seen Hell Comes to Frogtown?" And then it's it feels nice to me, like I'm pulling out something. I feel that like if you were seen. in an <laughs> '80s or '90s kid and you had HBO, you've seen it. I think that's where I saw it, and then I remember long ago one day I went into a, a video rental place that was going out of business. You know, every movie in there was for sale. Okay, <laughs> jackpot. And you were exactly. Oh yeah, God yeah, that was like back in, the, and it was back before DVDs were really popular is when dvds were still super expensive like the players oh, so were like a thousand bucks yeah okay and this was just like a mom and pop video rental place that was probably going out of business because they couldn't afford to buy dvds because it was just when they were getting big i went in there and i just i walked around this sto- this place for like two hours and which is it was the size of like your kitchen like, oh, it, okay. it wasn't a big that's tiny as fuck uh, yeah it wasn't a big fucking store it was a little one packed with the with the movies and it was clearly you know where the people that live in within a couple blocks go there and then i saw it and it had it didn't have a case anymore it was just in the clear clamshell thing and i was like oh, hell comes the frog down and it was a dollar a dollar and i went up and i'm like yeah i want to buy this and i gave the guy a dollar and he's looking at it he's like i've never seen this movie I go, you've never, you've never seen Hell Comes to Frogtown? And I was like, dude, it's Rowdy Rowdy Piper is the last fertile man on earth. And I explained the whole movie to him. And he goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, you come back tomorrow and I'll just give you the movie for free if you let me keep it tonight and watch it. And I was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and I go, and I told him too, I go, I can't risk that you really like it. And then you're like, no, fuck you. It's mine. And I'll be like, God damn it. I was like, so no, I'm taking this with me right now. <laughs> And then, you know, I was able to finally get it on DVD. So I have it on DVD. And then when I was at the um, that horror convention, one of the dealers had it in a special edition DVD case. And I was, honestly, if I would have seen it when I first got to the convention and not when I only had $40 left to my name, gotcha. I would have paid $40 for it. Right. <laughs> but at that point, I had two bags filled with, like, convention merch. And no money left. Like, I had 40 bucks left. And I was like, oh, I want breakfast in the morning. <laughs> so otherwise, I would have gotten it. Oh, was breakfast Even though it? I already owned the movie. <laughs> just because it was in a special box. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always loved that movie myself. Um, it is funny, though, because I do. I remember even, like, I think back in school. I don't remember maybe elementary school or whatever. But talking to people about it. And then, because you'd always talk about your favorite movies that you yeah. watched, like, over the weekend or whatever, or that week, and lunch, and nobody had ever seen that movie, ever. Oh. I think another movie that I love that, and I one of these days I'm going to look, like, when especially when I get these Amazon gift cards for, like, Christmas, usually I try to be like, I'm going to buy something I'd never buy myself. I'm going to look for this movie, and I'm going to buy it, and it's called Airborne. But it's not the Sounds military right. movie. It's a rollerblading movie. I rented it at my local video place back when it was right when rollerblading was becoming like the huge thing. Like everyone owned a pair of rollerblades and it's not the one that's kind of like an apocalyptic. No, <laughs> that's the thing is like, there's other movies out there that are so similar to it. It's um, you're thinking of um, prayer of the roller boys. 
I think. And the dude gets eaten by the fire ants or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a different one. Um, no, this one was, it's about a kid from California who's a surfer. And, like, he lives his life like okay. the, the normal California, what everybody Is considers California. I don't know. I'm going to have to look for it. Let me check real quick. Um, Keep going but he, he, you know, lives in California. His parents are, like, the kind of people that go, in, like, to Australia and, you know, research animals and stuff like that. And he just, he surfs in rollerblades all the time. Then they're going to Australia for a thing. And he's like, why are you guys all sad to tell me that? He's like, that's the best news. I'm going to love Australia. They have the best surfing. And they're like, well, we don't want you to miss any school. So you're going to go live with your aunt and uncle in Michigan in the winter. <laughs> so like, oh, and it's shit. this scene where like he gets off the plane and you see a surfboard coming down the, down the baggage claim. And they're like, oh, you know, you're not, you're not going to get much use out of that here. <laughs> okay. So it has an E at the end of it. Would you yes. say it's like 93? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ninety three. That's that sounds about right. I just found it. I think. And it's actually has. It's got the. Yep. It's got the secretary from Ferris Bueller day off, and she's been in a million other things. She was the car rental woman in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. She's she okay. plays the aunt. It's got Jack Black before anybody knew who Jack Black was, and really? it it has Seth Green before anyone knew who Seth Green was. He was in a lot of those early nineties movies. Seth Green was his cousin, Wiley. And it also has the girl from Beekman's World <laughs> in it. The main girl? Well, in Beekman's World, yeah, it was the because uh, it was Beekman, Lester the Rat, and then the girl. Right. It was her. Okay. She's in it as well. And uh, I'm trying to remember the one guy. I want to say he was in um, one of the Friday movies. Is the Joker brother? Is one of the Joker brothers? He's actually got real famous too. But again, back then nobody knew who he was, and it, you know, it's the normal fish out of water thing. Like, you know, everybody makes fun of him because they're all Michigan, and he's like, "Yeah, bra, dude, bra," and all that stuff. And then you know, he wins them over because they have to. They get challenged by the preps ah. to a race down Devil's Backbone. No, get out! And it's hilarious because, like, it, it, you know, it's it's you're the normal kind of movie like that, and it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm fairly certain the last time I watched it, it's 100% predictable. No, I mean, that like, sounds amazing, it's though. Like, that all the stuff every that, trope. Oh, it does. And it's all the stuff that I would normally be like, this movie is shit because this is all they're doing. They're doing the same thing. Yeah, things. like if it came out 2020. But I love the fucking movie. And I can't. <laughs> Let's see. Um, trying to see some of like, the big And this is, um, this is for rent. It's not streaming anywhere, according to JustWatch.com, but... Across the board, it's ten dollars on Amazon. You who, you who? Oh my gosh! You, YouTube, you So the guy I was trying to think and of Google Play. was Jacob and Vargas. Was Jacob Vargas who was in like Luke Cage, Sons of Anarchy? Uh, apparently, he's one of the Mayans in Sons of Anarchy. He, I'm trying to like. It's the kind of thing where if you I saw if he's him, like the main dude from the Mayans. Um, his character's name in the Mayans. Oh, he's in the Mayans. Well, he's also, it was in Sons of Anarchy. He's Alessandro Montez. Been so long since I've seen that show. I'm showing him a picture right now, by the way, just so. I know that doesn't make for good audio. No. But, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, because I know there's something that he's been in that, like, if I say it, 
anybody that's listening will be like, oh, okay, that guy. Because I know he was big. He was like a main character in a few things. And I want I want to say he was in Shaft. Which one? The Samuel Jackson one. Hmm. Yeah, I want to say he was. Maybe sure he wasn't, that. and then I'm going to feel bad because it's going to be like, oh. Shaft. Did you it'll watch be that I'm confusing him with someone else. I haven't. I'm just wondering if that was any good or not. Oh, dude, you'll you'll appreciate um, this too. I'm in the, this one group chat. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was the main joke. He was Joker in uh, in um, next Friday. So the Joker brothers. Yeah, he was the one that was like freaking out, going no locked doors. Oh, okay, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's the thing that I know everybody should know about. But uh, so I was in this group chat, and this dude out of nowhere goes. Freaks is amazing, like talking about movies, which was funny because we weren't talk like randomly talking about movies. We were talking about a specific uh, show, actually, <laughs> and like I guess the guy felt left out, so he just jumped in with Freaks is amazing. And I go, oh, you mean the nineteen thirty nine movie? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not what he meant. Mm. So he was getting all upset because then everybody was talking about the old 1930s movie Freaks. And he was talking about some new, I guess, newer movie that just came out. I don't know. But it's hilarious because, you know, I was just like, I was like, no, that's a really good movie, though. I'm surprised you watched something that's in black and white. Which you do a lot. I do. If he didn't come in acting like an asshole and then trying to like just take over a conversation, I might have been okay with it. But yeah, well, probably not. But. No, it depends on my mood. But, there, but at least there was a maybe. Yeah, there was. A, it depends on my mood, really. Like, yeah. there's been times where I've been just like itching for an argument, so I usually stay off Facebook at those times because I oh, yeah. especially lately, it's too easy to just get into an argument with someone. Gotcha. So. Is there any streaming movies that you can think of that you've watched that you could recommend people to like stay away from? Because I'm trying to think of myself stuff. But... I don't know because like lately I've been hitting some pretty decent winners on movies, except for like Zombieland. Like I said, Zombieland Two Double Tap, which was just. Right. I mean, it was good if you didn't watch the first Zombieland or any movie that's ever come out with those tropes and cliches in it. Uh, I just felt like they could have done better because I thought the first Zombieland was so good because they did things differently. And then to make a movie and get so, you know, do so good off making things differently and then go, let's make a sequel exactly the same as the first. It's the same thing as Anchorman. The second movie was just all the first Anchorman jokes. Right. It's like, oh, okay, well. I don't yeah, need... Andrew actually. What? Okay. Not, not our handsome friend, Andrew, but the okay. weirdo that. I would work with occasionally. Okay, the weird work Andrew, not the movie. weird friend yeah, to Andrew. The double tap movie. So I'm like, and he doesn't have. I mean, he doesn't have. He doesn't have like a plethora, a plethora of movies to draw from. But I don't feel like his taste is completely awful. But he did hate Dunkirk, which was a big axe in my book. I've actually never seen it. Oh, okay. Uh, because. I was so disappointed when I found out it wasn't about Dunkirk, New York. I was just, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. No, when it first came out, I was like, wait, Why they're making a movie about that? Dunkirk, New York? I was like, that's pretty sweet. And I'm like, oh, God, no, it's nothing. It's nothing like Dunkirk, New York. Okay. I hope not. <laughs> no. Uh, 
I am pretty pumped because the uh, trailer for Quiet Place 2 came out. I did watch it. And if any of our, you know, any of the listeners or whatever are from this area, you, it's night. It's awesome to see things that you know are this area. Like in the trailer, they were showing from it. Dunkirk, New York. Yes. No. No, <laughs> no from uh, Collins. Like the one. Uh, I don't know if you ever really knew me when I lived in. Yeah. Like at way down had, out, just out of road or whatever it was. Well, it was like I was pretty much just on the outskirts of Gowanda, but yeah, it was, so it was, it was in down Collins, that, like way, yeah, way past where Andrew, the, where they have the um. There's like that stand there that sells corn and yes. stuff. Yeah. Oh no, no, even farther than that. Like oh, okay. before that, I when I when first started working at GameStop, there. I lived like you know where Andrew I just knew used you to from live. GameStop, but yeah. I didn't. I thought you were just the annoying guy there. <laughs> yeah, which is that, that that you were correct. I mean, yeah. but like if you remember where Andrew used to live, and like at that fork in the road, if you took the right way all the way back down to the end, that's where I lived. And right around the corner from there, like a place I used to walk by all the time, is where they filmed a good chunk of it. They filmed the uh, scene with the train getting burst through. So I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, no, I, I never thought you were the annoying guy I worked out. That was you should have, because I was. At, um... Trevor. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I like Trevor. Um... <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine. I've known him since school. He, well, I mean, in fairness, my only dealing with him was when he would come in and just be fucking annoying. <laughs> Like, he wouldn't shut up. He does like to talk. Yeah. Um, no, I just knew you as the guy from GameStop that wore a dress to work because you lost a bat. Yeah, I did. To Andrew, our friend Andrew. In yeah. Fact. Damn it. I was so close, too. Like, I was so close. How did you, that come about? Like, you know how confident Andrew is. Right. And he's a great salesman. Like, right. any, oh, yeah, if sure. you would ever say anything bad about Andrew, the one thing you can't say is he's not a good salesman. Like, yeah. he's. I don't think there's a lot of bad stuff you could say bad. about Andrew, honestly. No. I mean, he's sometimes he can be annoying, too, but. I well, think he, we yeah, all he does can. have, like, his. He does hate stuff that I like, and that yeah. gets on for on the smallest nerves. little details. Yeah, I mean, like the I stuff do. that wouldn't bother you, you know. And he's like, "Oh, that was annoying," and I'm like, "Ah, Andrew." But uh, <laughs> like, so he, me, and him used to like go back and forth. And this is not the weirdo friend from work. No, it's we this, just won't talk about the weirdo. This friend is the handsome Andrew because it gets right. confusing. This is the Andrew who was a guest on our old podcast, PHF, yeah, and he did. Uh, it was aliens. It was with aliens Mr. with Mr. Sir. Yeah. Um, Lovely radio voice too. He's yeah. Very oh, yeah. weirdly deep. Like it's, it's like weird. no sarcasm at all. Like, no. Oh yeah. No. He actually does have like an amazing radio voice. Like he should be a and face. I mean, what? <laughs> and face. No. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we're always going back and forth with who had the high, the most sales in like the the MVP or whatever the fuck it was called back then. I don't know. Uh. So we did a challenge. We're like for I think it was one month. At the end of the month, whoever had the highest percentage wins and the loser had to wear a dress to work and it was so close that at one point he went to maurice's which was like right next door where my wife worked and asked her if she would go to the salvation army and help him pick out a dress because he was worried that he was gonna have to wear one. Oh wow but no i did so so your wife picked out your dress instead yeah it was a lovely blue it brought out the color of my eyes so um <laughs> well every picture that i it, seen that he showed me you were smiling in the picture oh yeah well, i had to like i was just like okay and then the funny thing was is batino at the time i was not a manager at gamestop i was just uh the oh, okay. low the low rung and batino was my man was my boss for mm-hmm. that shift and he messaged me he's like you know you can't work in the dress, right? So you, he was like, you can wear it to there. Then when you get here, change. So I'm like, okay, because uh, he didn't want to get in trouble. And I was like, that's fine. And I just thought that's great. All I have to do is show up. As long as everybody saw that I showed up, and we're fine. 
and I pull up to work and I go to get out of my car and Andrew comes flying out of GameStop with his camera and I'm like motherfucker (laughs) so he takes the picture and he printed out numerous copies of the picture to give to our friends wallet sizes I believe Andrew still has a wallet size that he keeps with him and he, he printed out so many he would leave them as tips when he would go out to eat like even when I wasn't with him Really? He would just leave a that tip like of, an Andrew thing here's, here's Golden in a dress. You're welcome. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny because I feel like, because I was an assistant there. Well, I was a third key holder before that, and you were assistant and uh, store manager there. <laughs> and I feel like either one of us wouldn't have cared if someone showed up in a dress. It's like, oh, whatever, fuck it. No, but Tom... The manager right. at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. he cared about everything. He was he was definitely afraid of getting in trouble. Uh, he was definitely afraid of human contact. Uh, which so he was the one that for fun, anytime he would call me, and this was back. This is when I finally became the assistant manager, so I mm-hmm. had more leeway that I knew he wouldn't fire me because he needed me. Uh, like anytime he would call the store and talk to me, like to ask for stuff or tell me to do stuff, I would end the call with "I love you," and listen to him get. Like, really uncomfortable. He'd be like, uh. <laughs> and then, like, you would hug him just because he would feel uncomfortable. Oh, poor Tom. All the time. Like, we like we did one time. Andrew actually did the best joke to him because the one, because Tom's wife was always calling always the store. He always does the best joke. He, oh, he does. And I hate him for it because I, <laughs> I hate, he always outdoes me on those. And I'm like, damn it. He's um, a funny guy. So, like, Tom's wife used to call the store all the time. All the time. So one day, Andrew answers the phone, you know, the normal, you going GameStop, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, one second. He puts it on hold, and he goes, Tom, your wife's on the phone. Well, it wasn't his wife. It was our district manager. So Tom answered the phone. He goes, hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so from that moment on, even was if you would tell Eric Tom. or Stu? Stu. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, it was, I feel like with Eric, it would have been. Yeah, that may have been bad. Yeah. He was like hardcore marine yeah. type dude. I don't think I think he was homophobic too. I yeah, don't know. I got liked Eric. A lot of people didn't. I never but... met him. I've heard tales of him. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, like from that moment on, if Tom's <laughs> wife would call and you'd be like, "Tom, your wife's on the phone," he would still go, "Oh, thank you for calling GameStop, Tom. Fight. How may I help you?" Because he was so scared that someone else was going to do that to him again. Because he got <laughs> bright red. That's hilarious. So it's funny because when Tom first started at GameStop, he was just uh, a weekly. GA and he would only work on Tuesdays and that's because he requested to work with me because I wouldn't force him to go to the door and ask people like be like oh did you open up the new game informer and see the coupons in there (laughs) I would just let him stand in the corner and cash people out you know at behind the desk and he would be so nervous he'd be like can you ring these people up I'd be like Tom I'm on the floor helping customers you got to do something dude and he just came such a long ways from that because when I left for school, I heard that he had become assistant manager once Darren had left. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, I knew he wanted to get full time so he could leave his crappy overnight job. Um, and then I came back and he was like a night and day difference between a person. <laughs> I remember he would leave because we had a game planner, which was once a month they would send us this binder. And every day it had stuff on it, like things that were coming out. But you'd also have spots to write stuff you needed done. And Pacino and I, when we would work together, whether he was the manager or I was the manager, like because when it flip flopped, everything it didn't matter. We we were exactly the same when we worked together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom had written 
please do like clean behind these shelves. This is the fourth time I'm asking you. And Bettina wrote, this is the fourth time we're saying no. <laughs> right in the game planner. <laughs> that got sent back to corporate though, right? No, no. We, oh. we kept those for a long time and they got shredded. But Stu would come in and check them. He just never checked that one. And I think Tom whited it out anyways because Tom get, is deathly afraid of everything. Yeah, because when I worked there the first time, it was like 2005, 2006. And I, like I opened the Springville store. Uh, well, I guess you know where we live now. Yeah. Um, or do we? Yeah. <laughs> but we always had to mail tons of stuff in, like the books and all the receipts. and Yeah, they stopped doing that stuff. and it started being We where... didn't even have the reserves on the computer. We had to keep them in like a box that was organized by last oh. name. That was the worst, considering how much people fuck up the computer system. So you I had to save your receipt was... and we would have to match it oh. unless we knew you. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. That's the worst then. We had, oh, there was so many things. And that was funny because just to show like how, like, and Tom's a really nice guy. He's just scared of so many things like confrontation. Uh, so when I took, when he quit to become a banker, like I did later, well, I didn't quit to become a banker. I got fired to become a banker. Yeah. Like half of the employees but, at GameStop left to go to your guys' bank. Yeah. <laughs> but like, at least management was. When, when he left and I became the <laughs> store manager there, I had to get rid of like three different people that were never scheduled. They never really? scheduled. They never worked. Just Tom was scared of the confrontation oh. so they were just getting the employee discount and like so i just took them out of the system that's all i didn't even tell them they were fired i just took them out of the system and like the one guy called me a month later and he's like dude you fired me and i'm like dude you don't even call to check the schedule he goes because i never work i'm like exactly the like the fuck yeah <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not going to have a 10-person staff and only three people work. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Ex-Manager, the GameStop podcast. Right. Oh, <laughs> I won't go into all that. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to get like some of my fellow managers to come join me with where I work now because it's gotten worse since I left. Like It really has. Oh, yeah. Um, they used to do this fun game with us where they would tell us that like Christmas Eve we're closing at 2 p.m. Which was nice. It's really nice. Uh, then they'd be like, well, you also have to set up for two hours after after you close the sale for the day after Christmas. Okay, still not bad. You're leaving at 4 o'clock. Then on Christmas Eve, they would met, they would email everybody and say, never mind, you're open too late. And no, no additional payroll. No kidding. And you still have to set up that two-hour thing afterwards. Jeez. <laughs> like, and, and it's gotten worse. Now they don't even pretend that they're going to close early. They just say, nope, 8 o'clock. We weren't, we're not even going to tell you what the sale is until 8 p.m. when everything will print out. So you can't even pregame. And it was just like... But still get your sales going. Right? Oh, yeah, believe me. Like, it's so funny because Stuart, the manager that fired me, is, still avoids me at all costs. Really? And I've even told, like, the other managers, I'm like, tell them that there's no hard feelings. Like, the best thing in my life that could have happened was him firing me from that shithole. Right. Like, I'm happy where I am for once. <laughs> right. No, you're doing good there, too. But yeah, so back to streaming. Yeah. <laughs> Someday I'm gonna make a movie about GameStop, and then it'll all come together. Yeah, we'll talk it'll, about it'll my be movie right on uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix. I'll call it like it'll Ga be on every stream. I'll call it like GameStopo. GameStopo. <laughs> like I used to call it when I was there. <laughs> but like, shoot it like that doc they did about um, Escobar. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like. Super, like, there's just this huge sense of dread going through the whole thing. I'll probably make it a musical, though, too. Let's yeah, just... well, you have to put a musical number in there. 
Right. Absolutely. That way I will love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're making the movie for yourself, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to make the movie you want to watch. Me and Bettino are Apparently attempting to make a musical, musicals. by the way. So has there ever been a musical you haven't liked? Like Sound of Music? I mean, I don't really care much for like Sound of Music or those ones. I, I, I as much as... Fiddler on the Roof? Because I actually like that a lot. I've actually never seen that one. Oh, okay. Like, I don't tend to watch a lot of the old school ones. I like, like, and I tell people I like musicals. They're like, oh, what's your favorite musical? And usually the people that get excited and ask that are ones that are like Sound of Music or stuff like that. And then I'm like, yeah, Evil Dead, the musical, is probably my favorite, followed by Reefer Madness, uh, which is an amazing musical. Reefer Madness is absolutely one of my all-time favorite musicals. Really? Yes. And and it's not the original 1920s PSA. I don't think that's a musical. No. (laughs) But it was the one that Showtime remade it. And they kept it just as ridiculous with the you message. Know who's in that? Um, oh, Nightcrawler from oh, okay. the original X Men movies, not the new Nightcrawler. Right, right. I can't remember his name. Alan Cumming. He he plays the government guy. Uh, it also has um, one of the dudes from Wings. I can't remember his name. <laughs> really? Yeah the uh, the the brother that didn't care. Okay, he's in it. He's yeah. in it as the drug dealer. It's got Kristen Bell. I haven't seen Wings in a long time. Yeah. It's got Kristen Bell. Really? Yes. She plays Little Mary Sunshine. When did this come out? Oh, fuck. I got to remember. I know. Like early 2000s? It may have been. Um, it was made for TV by Showtime. It's amazing. When they came out with it on DVD, the most brilliant marketing ever, they made the case chocolate brownie scented. You know what? I do remember that. Because it panders to... Uh, potheads. Because I didn't know it was a, a musical. Show. I guess I didn't know anything about it. Mm. I probably just thought it was a remake of the old movie, and I no. cared less. It is. It is a musical that makes fun of the fact that the old movie was trying to be serious, and uh, the numbers are absolutely will get in your head, and you'll fucking. And now one of the most quoted movies ever, because thanks to Sublime, Sublime. Yeah. Um, Here you go. It's it's actually called the full title of it is called. Reefer Madness, the mu- movie musical. So, okay, um, it came out in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yes, um, that was definitely movie gallery days. Nev Campbell's in it. She doesn't have a big part, but she's in it. Um, Stephen Weber is the guy from Wings. By the okay, way. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that one. But it, it's like. It's such a weird movie, but it's so good. When's the last time you watched Wings? A very long time. I don't. I don't think I watched it since it was in syndication. Like, oh, okay. Because I was wondering if that still held up, like Cheers, or if it was. I mean, most I, of those, I can't see how it wouldn't. It was pretty. I, I can't. I haven't seen too many sitcoms that haven't held up. It's, I mean, and it was the start of um, what's his face? He played the mechanic. Uh, now I can't remember his name. Sandman. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, shoot. What the heck is that guy's name? I'm, so I'm on the IMDb, so I I'm going to hit it in two it. seconds. Um, Thomas Hayden Church. Yes. It also had Monk in it. Yes. It did. Uh, Tony Schlub. So that Wings is streaming on Hulu. Oh. Well, I may have to check that out. Something and see. to talk about in a couple weeks. Yes. See if it holds up. Yeah. Just bore Mr. Sir to tears. <laughs> I don't know if that would bore him to tears, though. Cause, I mean, if I was talking about it. Oh, I, I say he, I could see him watching. I mean, he watches... Yeah, he watches Frasier. He watches Frasier and, and stuff like that, yeah. so I feel like... 
He definitely. I feel like it's around the same vein. I mean, it's not as intellectual as Frasier. That's for right. Sure. And like, if if you didn't have a background for '90s sitcoms, you probably just would find it boring. Yeah, you know? I'm sure that <laughs> with our cocaine riddled TV that we watch now, everything's happening like every minute or so. Um, shoot, there was something I watched. I remember now that I wanted to talk to you about, and now I fucking put that. I have that. That's one of my superpowers. You'll have something in your mind, and then I'll just go off on a tangent like Mark Twain. And then no, like, I just I just recalled like watching it, and I was like, oh, I need to ask Golden about this. But it had something to do with like having to hit like a tick like every minute. It was a newer movie that's streaming. It was a newer movie. I probably haven't seen it because I did watch Uncut Gems, even though that's not streaming. That's the but... circumcision movie, right? Yeah. No. Yep. Um, <laughs> Wait, is it? <laughs> so yeah, the whole movie's about circumcision. Oh, I was um, being a smartass. <laughs> no, yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> No, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, I once saw, like, a 30-minute documentary about about that. I didn't know they made a whole movie about <laughs> keeping your foreskin intact. I don't, that'd be awesome. If only I could get mine back. <laughs> you can. According to that 30-minute documentary I saw, there was a guy oh, that it, it involves putting weights on it mm-hmm. and swinging from side to side daily. No, thanks. <laughs> He's on the a sensation's mission. already lost. You're not getting it back. He's on a mission to get his foreskin back. It was pretty disturbing. I've never seen so much dick in a movie in my life. And I'm like, why am I still watching this? <laughs> this isn't even porn. And it's not even like it was good dick. <laughs> it was all like mutilated. Right. All yeah. of them were. <laughs> it was like, it reminds me, I did watch another documentary. So you're saying they weren't uncut gems? They were not. They were all cut. And then they were trying to get them to be uncut. There's another documentary I watched that was about a guy who was on a mission to increase the size of his penis because he was always disturbed about how small it was. I can go on the record and say extends does not work. (laughs) Well, this guy tried everything. Like he was to the at the end of the movie, he was in a foreign country where they inject stuff into your penis, and it it was something that the America would never allow because it's so and like. These doctors kept telling him, they're like, you can't legitimately change the size of your penis, and this is why. This is why these things don't work. And he's like, I just, I can't. And I and I feel like I watched the entire thing out of pure morbid curiosity because I thought by the end they would show it. Like, I wanted to see just how small this man was, and then I don't think they ever showed it. It was disappointing. Yeah. I can't even remember what it was called. I probably could find out. I hope uh, I can it, Google it small a, penis documentary. This was like a half hour doc, though, right? No, the the circumcision one was. The other one was. I'm fairly certain a feature length documentary. You spent ninety minutes watching this. It was very interesting to see what this guy was going through, <laughs> really? and just that. the shame he had. Like he had severe shame about the size. So I'm guessing. I have to guess like less than three inches yeah. to have the amount of shame that he had. Especially with a society that shames that kind of thing in our Wish me luck. I am about to Google the word small penis documentary. (laughs) Godspeed. And it was streaming. It might still be streaming, but it's been a few years since. Oh, and there, and then I just. It's not like you paid money to watch it. Right. And then when they showed me the name, I remember why I was willing to watch it because the name was perfect. It's called Unhung Hero. Oh, I remember seeing that, yeah. Right? It's well, 2013. not watching it, but I remember seeing the... You should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Sounds... I... Just imagine, though, too, this dude put it out there 
and it's yeah, it's an hour twenty four minutes, and he put out there to the world that he has a micro penis. Is he married? I I mean, he wasn't in the movie. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, he's talked talked to like anthropologists and everything to find out what. And I think a buddy of mine was like, "You should really watch it. It's it's crazy what this guy goes through." And then I watched it, and I'm like, "Oh, like I feel kind of bad for this guy." Yeah. Unsung hero. Unhung hero. Unhung hero. Apparently, according to one review, though, it's not a documentary. It's a failed comedy. Oh, it's not real. That's what a lot of people are saying. Like, a stand-up com- comedian fig- or comic figured he could get some publicity by pretending he had a tiny dick and making a pseudo-documentary. All right, well, it's they ruined it for me, but it was still fun. Canopy. K-A-N-O-P-Y. I don't have that streaming service. I don't know what it is. There's a membership fee or not. Canopy sounds like it's an entire streaming service dedicated to foreskin. Is <laughs> the canopy of your penis? Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're welcome. I got it. That was a stretch. <laughs> Unlike Unhung Hero. <laughs> oh, penis jokes. Uh, speaking of like ridiculous amounts of penis, uh, The Witcher. <laughs> they had boobs though to round it out. Yeah, I was watching some boobies. Yeah, I mean, you get the best of both worlds, I guess. Now, just, you know, completely, just to be completely forthcoming about The Witcher, um, I'm probably the only one in this podcast that never played the games or read the comics or any Mr. of the Sir books. Mr. hasn't played the games either. Okay. Or read the like, books. I have no background other than the show. Okay. Because, and I should have played the game. Like, it's weird that I've never played I've the game. I've never played Witcher 3. Considering I was a store manager and worked for, like, could have And probably gotten, talked people into buying it. I think I got it for free, and I never played it. Because I just, they kept giving us the free games, and I had to be careful Here's what I had time for. Here's why I played The Witcher 3, is I don't play a lot of video games. <clears throat> and that game, I was always told, takes like 40 to 50 hours. So I knew when I started playing it, I was just going to have to have a week where that's all I did. <laughs> no life, no showers, yeah, just, just go to work, sitting around in Cheeto dust. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be my life anyways, so <laughs> it's just video games added into it. Yeah, it was always the worst for me, like, uh, back when I worked at Hollywood Video, because I would have, you know, four, like, Hollywood Video, they gave us two weeks vacation a year, but oh, nice. it had to be taken in a week block. That was always and, my dream job, by And the it way, had to be split up. Was to work in a video store. It it was fun for the, 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 you know, bonus of free rentals, and you get the movies before they came out was pretty much what kept me. Yeah, you, you know those. The low pay was like, yeah. You fill those things with. What do you want to do when you grow up? I've been like, I was like video store clerk. Am I? You're like and, I watch Clerks. I've watched. Yeah, and my my family was it probably was Clerks. Why I wanted to do that uh, and scream. Yes. Um. And so I'd always they were fine with that until one day as a joke I wrote Garbage Man as my dream job and I got the lecture of my life. But that's a story for. Did you show day. them Men at Work? Show that it's actually have. you should have. It's like yeah. that's comedy classic. Yeah. And now, now knowing my position, I think my family would have been proud of me if I became a garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny though because, like, yeah, at Hollywood Video, they it was two weeks vacation, but it's you had to take it in a one week block, and it was one week every six months. So the first half of the year you had to take one of your weeks. Oh, really? Then the second half of the year you had to take the other of your weeks, and oh, so you couldn't take them back to back, right? But it was funny because I was, and then it was pretty much just I was forced to take them because I 
had no life back then. I was living on my own in Jamestown, the town that if you ever listened to the PHF cast, I said I want to burn to the ground. Uh, and no money ever to go anywhere, things to do and stuff like that. So like when I had a vacation, it was pretty much they forced me to take a week off from the place that I spent more time than home. And if a video game that I wanted to play came out right before that, nobody would see me for that week. Like, I wouldn't even see myself because I didn't go near mirrors. I would just sit there and my life would be spent playing that game. And I would just come back to work a week later looking haggard. Do you remember what game you recall? Uh, The first first God of War lined up where I had it came out and I had like, it came out on the day that I worked. I had played the demo. And it blew my mind. Like the demo for the I first, that it demo. blew my fucking mind. So I'm like, I'm gonna buy this the day it comes out. Right. So it came out. I had to work until one in the morning, and then I had to work the next day at 10 a.m. So I take the game home and I'm like, I'll play around. I'll play for a little bit. And then my alarm to wake up went off, and I was still playing. <laughs> and I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> And then that, and so I went into work like just no sleep, just looking like shit. And then I went on vacation. Like I was like, I'm gonna stop playing it. And then I went on vacation and just played it. And I was like, I came back and I have finished it. And I've and I'm playing it again actually. And the because you could replay it on uh, like with different costumes. And I played the one that like doubled the uh, experience points things. And so I just had everything cranked up and like everything was a super easy kill. But I'm like, this is so much fun. Um. Yeah, so I've I've read the first collection of short stories for The Witcher, but that's all I've read so far. Um, but I had read that. I still own it. Um, it's funny because I brought it out before I even knew the show was coming out, so it's been sitting in my living room for like a year because I was gonna reread it and then play through the games. But I haven't gone back and played through Witcher two yet, so I still haven't gotten Witcher three. Um, but the first episode is in that short story collection, so I kind of knew what was going to happen there. Um, and then most of those characters are in the Witcher two for sure. I know that. Okay. Because like the bard dude from the second episode is the guy that you rescue from. Oh, we didn't play Witcher two. Yeah, <laughs> I know he's in the game because Bettino was. I think wasn't Bettino was showing us pictures of what the bard looks like in the game. The group chat much the past couple of days. Yeah, he was. He was like no, because I think uh, it was when Mister Sir was complaining about how annoying or whatever the bard is. Yeah, he said and, he said he was getting like a, a strong Ralph Macchio vibe. So not Ralph Macchio. The keep, uh, uh, watching it. Not Ralph Macchio. Oh, the, uh, uh, yeah, John Parks Ralphio. and Rec. Yeah, John Ralphio from yeah. Parks and Rec. I did not get that, by the way. I mean, I kind of see it. Like he's His annoying. Voice and he, like, doesn't leave. Like he's just like there. And... I don't think they act the same at all. Though. No. Uh, I don't think. Little, I don't really think the bard's that things. annoying. Really? Like maybe in the, like the first half of the episode. Yeah, I still I, even. I don't know. I was always just like, eh, it was. It's clearly someone that's meant to soften up. The Witcher, yeah, he's comic The Witcher is sure. supposed to be like just this stoic, and, the, and that's how his relationship is with with that character. Like, they're best friends, but he's kind of all grisly about it. Well, yeah. Well, you got to have that. Like, if the, the stoic guy can't be happy to have yeah. a, a I mean, sidekick that's why best friend guy, around. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be brooding. And, yeah. You know, it's like, nah. <laughs> so. He's definitely an angel, not a spike. <laughs> Good reference, Colton. I thought so. 
<clears throat> the one you, the kind you can get away with without Mister Sir being here because he hates Buffy. How could you hate Buffy? Speaking of which, my favorite Buffy episode is the musical episode. Boom. Sure, I shouldn't say he hates it. I just he's not he. I think he said his dad or something used to watch it all the time. See, I get that. Like, there's things I'm fairly certain there's a lot of things that I hate because people like loved it, loved it, loved it. All. Like Friends, I don't hate Friends. Yeah. I don't get into it though I'm because when it was big. All my friends in school were all about it, like all about friends, talking all your about friends, friends. Were friends? They were, but like, I was. We only had one TV in my house, and it wasn't controlled by me. So, so that's just my like parents didn't watch Friends, some, so I like didn't. a tradition you've kept. Just still not liking it, or or no, having one TV in your house. Oh yeah, apparently that's a, that's how it has to be. <laughs> that's that is the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about the Mandalorian. Well, we'll right. wait for Mr. yeah, yeah. We he, should definitely wait for Mr. Sure to him, talk yeah. about that because I do want to say though the last episode, the the finale that had to have been written by John Favre because the opening with the uh, Speed was. Troopers that was such a swingers vibe to me. Like, okay. those two okay. just made me think of him and uh, Vince Vaughn in Swingers. Like, just their back and forth, and it definitely had that feel to it. What was not? What was the movie that, uh, no, no, that wasn't Vince Vaughn. There, but there was a movie that came out in the 90s that, like, they watched Wall Street all the time, and they were, it had Vin Diesel in it. One of my favorite movies of yeah, all me, time, me Boiler too. Room. Yes, boiler. Anybody, anybody who has ever been a salesman, but especially people that are career salesmen, like if you are, have always loved sales and you're a salesman now, you bet if you haven't watched Boiler Room, you're fucking wrong. Right. You're absolutely fucking wrong. Because when I watched that Martin Scorsese flick with Leonardo DiCaprio, which I liked, but I'm like, Wolf of Wall Street, I already watched this in Boiler Room. Yeah, and Boiler Room, I mean, it, it had Ben Affleck, it had Nikki Katz, it had, uh, was it Giovanni Ravisi or the yep. guy that, that looks like him? Because there's another actor <laughs> I'm almost 100% that positive. I always confuse those two. Giovanni Ravisi and the other guy. Um, I wonder who that is. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Because there, there's a guy who's very much like He looks a lot like him. He kind of talks like him. But I'm probably, it's probably, I'm probably the only person that thinks they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is so fucking quotable. And like fucking Ben Affleck in that movie is just amazing and he's not even a main character but when he shows up it's so fucking good like yeah that was a movie that I used to actually watch anytime when I was at a job and we had like a new promotion or a sales contest coming out I would watch it the day before just and then you just crush sales because yeah. you just get like but yeah like everybody that talked about Wolf of Wall Street and how it's like oh it just pumps you up for sales it's like dude watch Boiler Room hell yeah because Boiler Room did it for me and even though they're showing, and it's funny because Boiler Room is meant for you to look at these sales guys and be like, they're horrible. And I, I never saw them that way. Because <laughs> yeah, was that early 2000s or 90s that that came out, do you know? I'm going to find out. Because I remember um, being in school and I really liked the movie Wall Street. And my buddy's like, oh, you got to watch this movie because he had rented it because we, we both liked Wall Street. And he's like, oh, dude, you got to watch it because they watch Wall Street like it's uh, – and I didn't watch it. For, I never wanted to become – a uh, trader or anything or whatever. Yeah. But um, 2000. 2000. So, and he's like, you got to watch this movie. And I, I did. And I fucking loved it. Cause I think, and that was shortly after knock around guys, not 
it was when they were started to release a bunch of Vin Diesel stuff because right. like Knockaround Guys was made way earlier than it was let, released, but they shelved it, and then Vin Diesel became big, and they're because like, of Fast and they're like, well, now that Vin Diesel's big, let's it, was it Fast and Furious or was it Pitch Black? Like, because Pitch Black oh, was you're his, right. That, what Pitch Black was like ninety six. I don't think right. that. It put him on the map, but I don't think that it made him famous. put him on my map. I'll tell you that because, because Pitch Black was so good. I rented Pitch Black because Claudia Black was in it. Okay, because uh, I'm a big Farscape fan. Okay, uh, if anybody's ever seen it, it's a sci-fi show that was probably dumb. I mean, I've tried to rewatch it, and it's not as good as I remember, but it still has a spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's another fish out of water type thing where <laughs> uh, where an American astronaut gets launched across the universe and right, right. has to make you know understand these alien races. I used to get that show and Lex mixed up all the mm-hmm. time because they would both be on and I would get them episodes mixed up. I'd be talking to people about it. they're like that's not Farscape. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking show <laughs> is then, it? I, I would, uh, but I remember like I rented Pitch Black because Claudia Black's in it and she's one of the main characters in in Farscape. So I rented it for that. And then she's the first fucking person killed, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's let's watch this weird bald guy." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh my god, this is such a good movie!" Like, I and I'm I think they're making another Pitch Black one where he goes back to his home planet. Could be. I know it's been they've been talking about it for a long time. But yeah, I loved Pitch Black, and I'm like, "Who's this fucking?" Vi-? I'm like, "Vin Diesel's the way of the future." Yeah. And then Fast and the Furious came out, and I'm like, "I'm gonna watch this too." Yeah. And then Triple X came out, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I was the same way. I didn't really care for Fast and Furious too much because it was so overhyped to me. And I was, I was at that point, I just wanted to hate it, but I didn't hate it. But I wanted to because so many people were in love with it by the time back, I seen it. Back when it came out, it was back when I was going to the movies like every week. Back right. when I could do that, I was in the army going to the movies every week, and that, we went to see it opening day. And you watch everybody in the parking lot leaving like fast, like what? like trying to drive so fast. And I, I actually loved it, even though Paul Walker's in it. I'm gotcha. one of those people out there that I hate Paul Walker. In my opinion, Paul Walker's only been good in one movie. Like every other movie that he's in, that's good is running good because scared. of other people in it. But yes, Running Scared, he was he was fantastic in that. And then like. Other than that, I just never thought that he was the driving force in any movie what that about he was Blue in. Ocean? Ew. <laughs> Ew. Um, it's funny because Pitch Black, I lived at the rental place as well. My dad's cousin owned the one rental place, so I was like really bad in school. So what my mom would do, because I would want to go and hang out with people, and she never wanted me to because she knew I was just going to probably... They're all bad apples. Get in trouble. Well, she probably thought I was the bad influence. Um, <laughs> That's bad because mothers never think that. <laughs> so my my dad's cousin's place, it was a pizza place and a movie place, um, but they had a deal, rent five movies for five days for $5. So what would happen is I would go up there and I would rent five movies, and if my cousin was – my dad's cousin was there. I, obviously, he was a lot older, and I was – he was like in his 40s, and I was like a teenager, even younger – um, like 12, I would just like do like the nod and the finger point at him. And if 90% of the time he'd walk over and he'd be like, Hey, just let him get that for free. So what I would do is I'd keep the five bucks. My mom gave me to rent movies. I would burn through all them. If it was a summertime in like a day. Oh yeah. If the store closed, I would, I would wake up early, go back up, take them and then rent like another five movies. But at the other movie place in town, um, they knew me really well because the the guy that owned it and his wife, ex-wife or whatever, they were super good friends with my dad. 
in high school and after high school and stuff. And so like they would always they always remembered me and sometimes they would set movies aside if they thought I would like it if it was in if it was a new rental. Yeah. Like for like a day if I didn't come in they just put it back out. But I was usually in there every Tuesday or Wednesday whenever new movies used to come out. And I walk in and the one lady's like, Hey, we saved this, we thought you'd like it. So I was like, oh, Okay, sweet and I, it was pitch black and I fucking loved it. It it was so I mean, even though it was just like a standard your standard monster movie, but on you know, in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, I thought it was so good. And I I mean I really did have I really did love Vin, Vin Diesel as an actor and I still do and I don't know I mean, I don't think he's fucking Shakespearean actor and everything, but I think he's shown his chops and stuff, like uh Find Me Guilty. He plays that character like spot on. Uh, knockaround guys, I fucking loved him in it. Like no shame. Like I, when that movie came out, I'm like, wait, Seth Green and Vin Diesel are in a movie? Yes, please. But, yeah, <laughs> I love that, that was, line. That, I showed someone that because like yeah, you know, I work with young with youngins. <laughs> They're like early twenties, so yeah. I feel really fucking old. And in my mind, like knockaround guys and fucking Pitch Black and everything came out like five years ago. Might as well be. It's it's all the same to me. And, you know, I don't think about the fact that it'd be the same as, like, my dad saying, oh, have you ever seen this movie? And it came out in, the, like, the fucking 60s. And I'd be like, why Why would I have ever even heard of that? You know, it's if it's not, like, one of the all-time classics, you wouldn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, just talking about Vin Diesel. And she's like, oh, I guess. Because, you know, he's not really in much anymore. She's like, oh, the Fast and the Furious guy? I'm like, no, no, don't say that. And I was, like, telling her about all the different movies I loved with him in it. And I'm like... You got. I was like, "Have you ever seen Knockaround Guys?" Because she's not really much of a sci-fi person, so most of his stuff wouldn't, you know. And I was telling her about it, and she's like, "Okay." And I'm like, "You got to watch this one scene." Not thinking about my audience, like <laughs> that scene did not sell her, yeah. <laughs> but it sold me. Like this, the where he does that whole spiel, and then just fucking headbutts the dude and right. beats the shit out of him. <clears throat> He's like, "You want your town back?" <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I, I remember when I watched that movie, I had the biggest boner. Right? It's it's such a good scene. It's one oh, of those, it really like, it, it's kind of like, to me, it's one of those scenes that, like, even if you know someone's not going to watch a movie, you're like, just watch this scene. Like, um, oh, what's the fucking movie? There's, there's a movie with Benicio Del Toro and Ryan Felipe in it. Way of the Gun. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie's horrible. <laughs> But I haven't rewatched it. You have to time. watch the first ten minutes of the movie. That mo- that makes well. it worth it because yeah. it's Benicio del Toro and Ryan Felipe are outside this club, and it's you know I'm not from the city, so I'm not used to seeing clubs where like you have to stand outside and wait to be let in. But there's a bunch of people waiting to be let into this club, and they just sit on top of the hood of someone's car, and the the guy like yells, he's like, "Yo, get off my car." And they don't because they're they're whatever they're they're bad guys blah blah blah, and the guy is like, dude, get off my car! And they're like, go fuck yourself! And then his girlfriend, which is Sarah Silverman, plays the most silver Sarah Silverman <laughs> character ever, just starts screaming. She's like, yo, fuck face! And like they go like everybody that's waiting to get outside this club goes down to see what's about to happen. And the guys and she's like. She's like, you and your gay uncle, get off my boyfriend's fucking car. You know what? He's going to fuck you. He's not even gay, but he's going to fuck you just to fuck you. And you like fucking baby heads? Like, she's just going off, and it's hilarious. Yeah. And then, like, the guy's like, the dude's like, listen, my girlfriend's a loudmouth, but, you know, she's right. I'm going to slap you silly and fuck you stupid. And he's like, so you ready to man dance? And fucking Benicio Del Toro winds up 
and he punches Sarah Silverman right in the fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. nose. And, like, everybody in this group is beating the shit out of them, and he's just pounding on the fucking girl's face. <laughs> and just something about it, it was absolutely hilarious to me. And then the rest of the movie is shit. Like, yeah. the rest of the movie I'm watching going, eh, this isn't good. But I would tell people, I like, people would come into the into Hollywood video to rent it. They're like, what about this movie? I go, first ten minutes is amazing. After that, turn it off, bring it back. <laughs> See, like, any movie that i watched back then that was action i just kind of liked as long as it had like i I was a bad taste jake growing up (laughs) as was i i mean i grew up during the van damme steven seagal era love those movies i do but they're they're horrible no they are yeah but also i'll have no shame in telling people yeah fucking under siege man fuck that it's awesome i do still like under siege the first one yeah there there are some of those movies i feel still hold up lethal weapon to me, oh, oh, those ones yeah, will always hold up. Sure. All and anything that Shane Black did, yeah, and well, and I feel like Lethal Weapon was one of the few. All four of them do, which yeah, is rare. exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is like I actually enjoyed each of them even more. Like as it went on, I I'll, I think three is probably my favorite because all the diehards ain't good. No, <laughs> no, not not at all. Uh, but yeah, it's speaking of diehard too. I mean, or die, not diehard two, diehard also because mm-hmm. streaming T-O-O. the um, movies that made us. That they have a Die Hard episode, and it's actually really cool. I like learning like that cool stuff about it. Like, right. it was a movie that it, just the history of it. It's so is weird. Lethal Weapon in there? Lethal Weapon isn't. I would. Uh, I mean, maybe the, maybe the next season they'll yeah, do it maybe. because. But yeah, it's there's some oh there's some good ones from the '90s like '90s action that still hold up. Gotcha. Most of Steven Seagal's probably doesn't, but and I, I know Van Damme. Hard to Kill does, and that's probably yeah. his best movie. I think Van Damme movies probably don't hold up, but I've got okay. such a nostalgic heart on for those that I'll still love so them. So I have rewatched some Van Damme movies. Kickboxer? No. It's, it's, unless you like the original, you're not going to watch it in 2020 and probably like that movie. Unless you have some kind of interest in, like, you're like a hipster or you have some kind of weird thing for that. It no. does, again, have a scene that you have to see, though. And, and that's the scene where his trainer gets him drunk and has him dance that's with the women. No. No, that's kickboxer. Oh, yeah, you're right. His trainer gets him drunk and then starts a, has him dance with the women and then has like tells his, the other like, guys in the dance. box just yeah. to see his dance. And I always thought that dance was funny until I watched like him in an interview and stuff. That's how he dances. Right. Like he doesn't yeah. dance. He does this weird swaying movement and then he does kicks and splits, which is also his fighting style. But yeah, that scene. Well, he you was have like originally watch. a dancer or something, right? He's a gymnast. Gymnast. Yes. That took. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was a documentary or what it is. I saw about him. He took one of the worst deals possible, contract wise. Oh, okay. He made almost nothing out of his first so many movies. The first movie that he finally that re like redid his contract and was finally going to be getting paid for it was Sudden Death. Which, if right. you look, is the downfall, like the start of the downside of his right. career. So, kickboxer, blood sport, all those. Was Time Cop first or after? I think Time Cop may have been before. Okay, that not one. one that I rewatched though. I rewatched Hard Target. I watched Time Cop. It's not too bad. I mean, the special effects. I remember even back then, great, but... the special effects were bad. Yeah, like special effects wise, but it didn't have a lot of special effects. So it was because it was still just a, a crime drama, basically, with a little bit of sci fi thrown in. 
it was one that where Mr. Sir just texted me a picture of him. Must be tea time in London. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the the movie though that I remember laughing hysterically because when people started shooting at Van Damme, he hid behind flammable metal barrels. Oh, really? Like the be- metal barrel or metal barrels with the flammable symbols all over it, and that's what he hid behind. And I'm like, Have you ever seen an action movie? <laughs> You don't okay. you don't hide behind those one spark and they're gonna blow up. What movie was that in? Time Cop. Okay. It was in the uh, the where it was in the traditional nineties action movie where the final fight takes place in a steam factory where you can't tell what they actually make in there, but it's clearly steam because steam's coming out of everything. Gotcha. Death Warrant was another one, but he wasn't getting paid for it. That was good. I'm trying to think. What That's the one where he goes Warren to jail. About? He yes. where he undercover goes yes. to jail. Yes, yes. To and then they send the Sandman there. Which is the That's guy that he good. almost died. I don't know. I haven't I, I haven't seen that one in a while. That. I did rewatch Bloodsport. I actually watched those with Bad Taste Jake. I rewatched Kickboxer and Bloodsport. Did he hate Bloodsport? Because I fucking uh, love Bloodsport. No, still. he didn't. Okay. Uh, he didn't really care for Kickboxer, but he he had watched Kickboxer when he was younger. I mean, Kickboxer is just Bloodsport too. Yeah. And then Quest is right is Bloodsport redo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Van Damme was pretty much like, what if I remade my best movie now that I can get paid for it, but not make it as good? And that's what he did. Bloodsport still kind of holds up. Oh, it does, because he got nothing for it. Are you sure that drunk scene isn't in Bloodsport? It's in Kickboxer. Because Bloodsport is the one where that dude um, rapes his girlfriend, right? No, that's Kickboxer. That is Kickboxer? Tiger Tongue Poe. Rapes his girlfriend in Kickboxer. Bolo Young is the bad That's guy. That's right. Okay. And yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yep. You see most of, uh, in Bloodsport, you see most of his training in flashbacks. Kickboxer, you get to be there That's for the right. whole thing. And That's remember, because right. his brother got, his brother got fucking paralyzed. Yeah. Because he didn't listen to Van Damme when he was like, he was kicking the post and the blaster was coming down like this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought John Claude Van Damme just walked in the room and said that. I had to, I had to do a double take on you. Have you ever seen um, No Surrender, No Retreat? Sounds familiar. Van Damme, before he was famous, he was the bad guy in it. Okay. And it doesn't hold up. Who's the main actor in that? Uh, I don't know, but the movie was uh, 100% Bloodsport <laughs> or a kickboxer. Like it, but it was Van Damme as the bad guy. Um Trying to remember, it it was it was such an eighties movie because it was the kid learning like learns from the ghost of Bruce Lee. It was such an eighties movie that no, they had that. his one black friend do a rap. Really, like in the eighties, that that was always the thing is like someone had to rap. Um, but I want to say the bad guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure was in it. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid. So, No Retreat, No Surrender came out in 1986. Sounds so familiar. The main guy was Kurt McKinney. Okay. But as, he was a kid in it. Um, apparently, all he's ever done is No Retreat, No Surrender in General Hospital, so you wouldn't recognize him. But, I have watched my fair share of General Hospital. It's one of those things, though, where like it, it, it's the <clears> 80s, and you scro- as you're scrolling through, nobody has a picture. Because nobody made it from that movie, mm. but it it's kickbox. It's pretty Except much kickboxer. Van yeah, Van Dam. And the best part is, is Van Dam's IMDb picture is from uh, Hard Target. Okay. So it's it's his fucking mullet 
his Bayou mullet. Yeah. <laughs> which I also love awesome. Hard Target too, by I the do. way. And that was, I haven't um, rewatched that though in probably it was like five years. It was a Woo movie, right? Yep. Because you could tell because there were, there were doves flying. Right. And, uh, one of the greatest that lines in a Van Damme scene. movie where she's like, what kind of name is Chance? My parents took one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Oh, I like man. I like watching Van Damme movies and see them try to explain his accent and like why he has an accent and they never explained it in Bloodsport and like you don't have to like no one explains why Arnold Schwarzenegger has an accent in any of the movies that I recall but Bloodsport he was born and raised in America and I mean his trainer he went was to live Korean in France, yeah but I'm like with his mom and his brother stayed in the no United that's kickboxer dude you get those two so Damn, confused dude yeah that one they explained it why yeah. his brother was American and he had that French accent. But they don't explain it in Bloodsport. It's like he was born and raised. He was an Air Force brat. And he was, it was in America. Like, yet he was like. That's the one where he breaks into the house, right? In yes. Bloodsport? Okay. And he tries to steal the uh, sword that was the trophy of the Kumite. Yeah. And the guy goes, you, you cannot get it from stealing. Only by earning it. That's right. And he like turns him into like a good guy. Well, because originally he hires, he says he won't press charges if. He helps his son train, but he only wants him to be like the a sparring partner guy. and yeah. the punching bag. And then Van Dam gets angry with it, and he's like, "You always train him. You never." And it, the kid they had to portray Van Dam was horrible. Uh, yeah, dude. Because it was just sure. this young kid, and they're like, "Here, you need to have this accent so it makes sense when he gets older." And instead, it sounded like he was. And I'm this might offend me, whatever. It sounded like he had Down syndrome, like when he was trying to do it. He's like, "You didn't." And I'm like, dude, that is that is not Van Damme's accent, man. Not even close. It's worse than mine. Oh, worse yeah. than my version of it. Oh, uh, you just got this whole podcast, but edited by Mister right. Sir, <laughs> just by making that comment. However, you know the nice thing about Bloodsport is it had Ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds in it as yes. Action Jackson, yep. which is I think why I wanted to watch the movie so bad because you know as a young kid I watched Revenge of the Nerds when I shouldn't, and uh... I think we all did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my parents are okay with me watching this sexual comedy yeah. <laughs> with rape. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, I would go for a whole podcast on Revenge of the Nerds. Um, and we should. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, The Witcher. The Witcher, yes. Is about Monster Henry Cavill characters, Geralt, yeah. who has some kind of supernatural powers, which I know how he gets because of the books and stuff, um, but they haven't explained it in the show yet. Right. And there's just these witchers that basically go around taking payment to hunt down... Monsters. Yeah, and they're made by... Uh, I still haven't really said... I don't want to go too much into the origins where they come from, um, but they're accepted throughout the kingdom. And then on the opposite they're hand... They're accepted but not liked. Right. On, on the opposite hand... Unless you have a monster problem, and then they're your best friend. Exactly. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the sorcerers that all the witchers are male, and all the sorcerers, for the most part, are at least the ones that are trained are females. Yeah. There are there are magic users and stuff that are male, but and it's chaos magic. Yeah. They make sure to talk about that in the in the first two episodes because the one woman who's training talks a lot about how it's chaos magic, chaos magic, and then the elves talk about it's chaos magic, it's chaos magic. And you know, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the bard it's, talks it's, about it's throwing taking a coin the to your energy of chaos. I don't know if they talk about it on the show or not. Taking the energy of chaos and turning it into magic. Yeah, they kind of touch on it in the training scene with the girl where they're supposed to lift a rock, and she shows that nothing's created, 
you you know so you like she kind of a mean way to teach the lesson has the the girl levitate a rock as all of them try to levitate a rock and the first one that finally does it then her hand fucking dies and gets crippled and she's like it doesn't even just for, uh, die showing. it like turns into like a, a a monster hand or something as well as shriveling and yeah and she's like oh and there we go there's our first lesson i'm like bitch that lesson could have been taught ahead of time like, yeah you don't hold the flower in a hand so it kills the flower or... yeah you're, you're you're just looking like a bitch right now isn't that's not okay way to train children well, i mean look what she does right she turns three of the girls into eels yeah i guess you know it's a it's a very big learning curve <laughs> so that girl yennefer yes Whose stepdad sells her for less than he was selling a pig for? Yeah, he was selling the pig for 10 marks. He sold her, he tried to say six, and then the girl said four, and he's like, okay. Yeah, like no no negotiation. Not, not even half of what yeah. he was selling the pigs for. He's like, oh, and then the, and the mother's like, no, but you can't like, sell her daughter. She's like all hunchback, but in the, in the game, she's not at all. So well, maybe by I'm the end like, of the series, like the she uses chaos magic on? to... Yeah, so ma- maybe like it does the opposite for her or something. Maybe it or, fixes her instead of deforming her. I'm waiting for her to do like some she kind is of half elf, an illusion. Yeah, oh. with those purple eyes. She's haunting purple eyes. I'm guaranteeing those. Well, are she does contacts, in the game, but yeah, but it's like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wasn't. I didn't really catch it in the second episode. The girl with the black hair that is also a sorcerer. She's in the games, but she has red hair. So when they they said her name Tris Marigold or whatever, I was like, "Wait, she has red hair." And I looked it up. I guess in the book she does have like chestnut hair or something like that. So it's not that big of a diversion. But was, like they definitely aren't. They said they're basing it off the games, like they're going to do all the side quests from Witcher Three, but they definitely didn't go for any of the looks for the most part from the game if besides draw if they really wanted to make a like a series based on a game then what they need to do is like in the second season right in the first episode they need to be like hey it's really important that you defeat this person and then spend the rest of the season where they keep going off trying to find like stupid side quests yeah and leveling up and then by the time they go to fight the main guy they've leveled up so much that it's not even a challenge yeah like he just hits them in the then it'll be like how i play my games yeah (laughs) because that's what that's what always killed me in final fantasy is that by the like every time i got to a main quest i was so like uncontrollably leveled up that it was just like not even a challenge because yeah. i'm like oh i guess i shouldn't have spent three hours trying to find a fucking sword in this cave. in this and, cave like mr sir's been going through pokemon um and he talks about old games he's like oh you know you had a problem with that one gym leader in silver i said look dude like i power leveled all oh, of yeah. my pokemon so they were like 20 levels 10 levels above the gym leader I was fighting. So when I fought them, it didn't matter if they were against type, I would still win. Right. Oh yeah. That, that's how I was too. It's just like side quests will get me every time. Like I, I forget what the game's about half yeah. the time. I'm like, which oh, is I dangerous in like open world game, because mm-hmm. if you don't play it for a while and you come back, you don't remember anything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that I found, I found this fucking gem. I saw some like some talk, and I don't I don't know how true it is, but they're talking about like people are trying to get them to remake uh, Legend of Dragoon. Oh, really? Which is probably one of my favorite JRPGs. It sucks. Does it? I don't know. I haven't played it in like for like since it was new on the PlayStation. No, there's a lot of fans of it. I'm not a big fan though. 
I remember. I'm not really into that Star Ocean. Nothing. Like I remember that. it was the first video game that made me curse everything and be so super pissed off because I was. <laughs> I leveled up the main character. Like I put all my focus on the main character in the group, and then, you know, it was my first JRPG, so I didn't know. The trope from every JRPG. It's a Japanese role playing game, uh, like Final Fantasy, Star Ocean, those things. Um, I never, I didn't know that it was a trope that in every one of those games, your main character loses his power. So he just loses his fucking power. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Everybody in this game is weak as shit now. <laughs> and oh, it pissed okay. me off, like to no end. Uh, but at least when I played Blue Dragon, another JRPG. Uh, I knew that that was coming, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be prepared, and I'm going to even shit out. Also, Blue Dragon was one that Bettino made me play, and I'm so happy he did, because he's like, just imagine you're playing Final Fantasy, but every time you get into a boss battle, a heavy metal riff starts. (laughs) I'm like, what? I need to play this, and I did, (laughs) and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Do you watch anime at all? Uh, Very little. Uh, Usually it's whatever is forced upon me. And it's not that I hate it. I just never have the time to devote to, to, to that. And a buddy of mine, Kong, who's very, he's named legitimately. Like, like okay. it's his nickname is Kong, and there's a reason. He, like, he was in our movie. He, climbs he was the he was the big monster in the video game segment. He, oh, okay. He like okay. he's someone that has to turn sideways to come through a door. Yeah, that's a, he is a very big dude. He's a big dude, and I called him. I called him. Kong. I don't mean that in like a like he's tall. Oh yeah, fuck. he's tall. He's big. He he is fat. I mean, he's not, but he's like that. It's hard to tell because he had a lot yeah. of baggy clothes. On, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like that kind of uh, fat, like kingpin, where it's also like a lot of muscle under there. Yeah. Like I was watching him lift door frames that were a two person lift with one hand while he drank a fucking smoothie with the other. It was crazy. <laughs> no shit. Uh, like, I gave him the name Kong one time because we were trying to fit something into a, this frame that we built, and he fucking ripped the frame in half, trying to force it in. I'm like, Jesus, Kong. <laughs> and then he became Kong. Yeah. Uh, but he came to me one day. He was like, do you, do, you, do you like Dragon Ball? And I'm like, no, I've never watched Dragon Ball. I've never been wanted to. Just because growing up, the people who were into Dragon Ball were like, you know, the in, kids of a Dragon different Ball level Ball. of nerd than oh, I was. Oh, oh, like, yeah. I was. Because I could never get into Dragon Ball Z in high school. Like, a lot, some of my friends liked it. I was friends with a lot of different people, but I'd have friends that would be like, oh, you need to watch Dragon Ball Z, and I tried watching it, and I was like, eh. But I watched Dragon Ball last year, and I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, he, he came in the next day with, like, season one and of Dragon Ball. And I don't really Ball. watch anime. Yeah. <laughs> like, he came in the next day with season one of Dragon Ball, and he goes, here, watch this. When you get done, I'll give you... Then, he, like, he only had one season of Dragon Ball, then he had, like, all the seasons of Dragon Ball Z up to the Boo Saga. Oh, okay. So, but he was forcing me to watch them all, and then he. My problem is you, you know, because you've seen what happens when I watch movies and stuff. I start to like pick little things and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, this is the most racist show I've ever seen. Oh, it completely. And is. he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, Boma has no problem traveling the country with a dude with a monkey tail, but the only black guy in the series shows up on a magic carpet, and says, "Come with me, your friends are in danger," and she's like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I never thought of that. And I'm like, yeah. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is racist as fuck, too. Is it? I've never watched it. Uh, well, at least I know in the first few seasons, the ultimate thing that you could create was the ultimate blue-eyed white dragon, mm. which I was always like, whoa. I was like, that that's, that's fucked. But maybe it's just me reading into things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also... Then I complained, though, about Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, the one day I'm like, why did it take three episodes for a door to open? 
Right, yeah. Like, that's what killed me. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no. I was like, then the one season where he's trying to run down the dragon, the rainbow road or dragon, whatever it is. And then it took like half the season just to get halfway. And then he fell off and it just started over again. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. I think um, the first episode where they go Super Saiyan and it's just. Goku and the other dude like screaming at each other for three <laughs> episodes. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I mean, from what I heard, when they they put it like on t- back on TV and it was called Dragon Ball Kai or something, apparently they cut out a lot of the the filler, the filler stuff. So like I'm like, Goku oh, getting it's not so bad. Goku and Piccolo getting their driver's license, yeah, like stuff you don't need to watch. I was the one time it literally took three episodes for a fucking door to open. No, yeah. And meanwhile, absolutely. his friends were getting killed. But it's weird because Dragon Ball is not like that. You yeah. Know? Like, it just has, every episode has a storyline to get through it. It It is creepy, though. I mean, I know it was made in the 80s or 70s or whatever the hell it was made, but Master Roshi is the biggest perv in oh, the yeah. world. Like, he just gets a massive nosebleed whenever he sees, like, especially uh, Balma, because she's like 15 and oh, yeah. he wants to see her. Oh, there's so much yeah. perversion yeah, perversion yeah, yeah. going on in that show. For sure. Um. There is a there is a Terminator guy in the first season of Dragon Ball that, or maybe it's the second season where he's like fighting his way up the tower and his name is Major Metal or something like that. I can remember, and he just looks exactly like the Terminator, <laughs> the first Terminator. Like it's okay, we're just gonna steal this. It's yeah, flat top, the blue jacket. <laughs> he's a robot. He's <laughs> just saying. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so would you recommend The Witcher at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of fantasy type shows, and I know Mr. Sir's not. So if he no, likes, he's this, not really into fantasy. If stuff. he likes this show, like if he gives that's the not review, us around, like, then he's really not into fantasy. Yeah, stuff. he really. I, I remember. I think we even had a. We've had some talks about like that, and he's been like, no, "I just don't." He doesn't like fantasy stuff. I do. I love fantasy. Yeah, because like, I love he sci-fi. Hated Black Death because it was like a fantasy medieval yeah. setting. I, and and especially like, I don't like so much medieval settings. I like fantasy medieval. Like I want, I don't want to see a bunch of fucking knights I do. doing knight stuff unless they're fighting gnomes and shit. What unless about King Arthur. What about like Excalibur? Ex- uh, that one's okay. I I actually like King Arthur. Actually, the one as I enjoyed because it was like a weird take on it. Okay. Uh, I also like Knight's Tale, <laughs> but again, uh, yeah. it's kind of musical adjacent. It is, and and I could actually. And it, this, it's definitely a musical. This may go back to like the whole you know what things because you know a lot of times you know guy stuff blah 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 guy guy guy. But I'll tell you what, I'll, first night's on, I'll watch, or night's tale is on, I'll watch it. I'll watch it every fucking time. That's how I always was. I'm like, when I was on cable. Heath Ledger is like fucking nails it in that. And then uh, the dude, you know, Alan, or um, why am I blanking on his name from Firefly and Tucker and Dale? Oh yeah, um, he's hilarious in that. Dude. I can't think of his name. It's Alan. Oh, is that is it Alan? Alan? Alan Thick? No, no. Uh-huh. That's what I keep coming to, and it's not Alan Thick. Um, he also played the voice of Hey Hey and Moana, one of my my daughter's favorite movie. I think his name is Alan and Tunic. It's it's watch. It's not even gonna be him. <laughs> He's in the movie though. Um. So did you like the the Bard song then in The Witcher, the second episode at the end? Yeah, yeah I was like, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and I mean, it was fine. It was good to finally see it and understand all the goddamn Facebook memes. I haven't seen any of them. 
You really haven't? Where he's just well, always like, I haven't been on Facebook. Toss all a coin to your Witcher. Alan yeah. Tudyk. Alan Tudyk is yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that, yeah. Yeah. And Paul Bettany right, played like right. you know Vision, played Chaucer, and I and I think that's another reason why I love that movie so much too is. Uh, I was a huge fan of uh, the Canterbury Tales and Chaucer thing, like the the reasoning behind him more than the right. the thing. Like he wrote, if you ever read the 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 Canterbury Tales, it was all about corruption and all that shit. But he did it. It, it was back in the days when you couldn't blatantly do like well, you, you had can a now. King and all that, yeah, you know, like, like you would be put to death kill if you, you were for whatever reason yeah. you wanted to. So like Chaucer was, you know, fighting the the good fight, but under the guy like in a lot of books from that era were that's what they were about like uh, gulliver's travels was apparently a huge political thing but in a day where you couldn't come out against the government you you or you would be killed instantly so they had to do it in like oh no it's not about the king it's about <laughs> a whole group of little people <laughs> so but yeah so then you get paul bettany playing chaucer and his he played the character so awesome like right for sure. It was such a good character that so that, that's probably one of the few medieval type movies that isn't fantasy that I still I mean it's kind of fantasy cuz none of that none yeah. of that shit is I real mean, to it, life. Yeah, none of that is realistic. Yeah, Queen, like the Nike Queen armor. did not steal movie did not steal songs from the medieval times. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the Nike swoosh. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and and even and it's funny because it's like one of those movies too where if I see somebody in something else that was in that movie, I'll watch it just because they're in it. Because the the bad guy in it with the weird eye, and I have eye issues, so usually I have a hard time watching people with weird eyes. I like he was in a show, and I'm like I'm gonna watch this show, and then the show got canceled. And he was in another show as the bad guy, and then that show got canceled. He was in the Cape. If you remember that, yeah, I remember that. Very short-lived, yeah. and I kind of like that. And then yeah. it died, but he was the bad guy in it. He was really? the was it checkmate was his name or chessmaster or something like that. Chess yeah. something, but he it's played been so that. long since I seen that show. So here's a good test for you to see because Cats is a musical, right? Ugh. Yeah, but I've already heard so many, and I've never actually watched the original Cat. Like someone nah, tried I mean, to get me to watch the yeah, Cats. Yeah. Same thing with Phantom of the Opera. Can't get into it. Right, and but. If you can watch that and like it, maybe you're just loving musicals is so strong that it won't matter. I mean, the one thing that's making me want to, because isn't um, James Corbin in it? Yeah. That kind of makes me want to watch it. Because I'm a huge James Corbin fan uh, ever since Lesbian Vampire Hunters, which I think we've right, talked about yeah. on something else. We actually, Little Monsters episode, we talked about it because that was when Mr. Sir said he hates Josh Gad, Josh Gad and Corbin, James Corbin. How do you- and I'm like, I love both of them. Right. Because <laughs> that's right, I forgot about that. Lesbian Vampire Hunters, I I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's embarrassing when they change the name to Lesbian Vampire Hunters because then when I say it, people are thinking that's why I watched it. It was originally called Vampire Hunters, right? Just happened to have lesbian vampires in it, but it is one hundred percent hilarious. Like, and I, if you showed me a picture of the main character, I would never recognize him because I didn't care about him at all. It was James Corbin as the the Nick Frost character, right? Was one hundred percent. Spot on perfect. Like, he was fucking hilarious, and he carried that entire movie. Fair enough. He did. And there's a sword with a penis hilt in it, so, I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what did it for him. It did. Well, it did it for James Corbin, too, because his character went into the grave to get it out, and he started laughing hysterically. He was more of a hung hero. <laughs> 
That's one of my movie. favorite parts, by the way. Not one of my favorite parts, but I love that part in John dies at the end when he goes to grab the door handle and it just turns into... Because of Dickie's like, oh, we, we're locked in. Funny story about that. Um, in Don Coscarelli's book, I think they were working with KNB um, to do the special effects, and they mailed them the penises to um, put as the door handle. And he said that they opened it to their surprise and it was just like a, a 10 inch erect penis. So he said he had to have conversations with the, with K and B about why an erect penis wasn't funny, but a flaccid penis was Oh, 10 times funnier. And uh, he said, it was just a conversation he never thought he'd have. Yeah. In his life. <laughs> Let me tell you why a giant floppy dick is funnier as a door handle. And it, and that scene in the movie does kill like right. that. It's fucking hilarious to see just like a dude, Walk up to the door. Doesn't even try it. It just the handle turns into a dick, and he's like, "Yeah, we're locked in." (laughs) (laughs) The best part is, I think that would work, right? (laughs) In in for a lot of guys out there. If if it's like a meat monster coming at you, (laughs) still, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys out there that would rather die from a meat monster than grab a hold of a fake flaccid dick and turn it. But it's not like the dick's on somebody. Doesn't matter. What talk talk to some true homophobes. Yeah. Oh, shit. If there's a meat monster coming after me, I'll fucking get down on my knees and turn that doorknob with my fucking mouth. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, if there's not a meat monster, just, I mean, wait, what? No, I mean, just to get out of danger. Yeah. And that movie <laughs> opened so great with the hatchet. Yes. It's like, is it the same hatchet? It's not. Or axe. It's not. Well, no, because here's what he asked to at the end, he, or at the end of that part. He goes... He goes. The uh, he comes in. He says, "That's the hat. That's the axe that killed me." And he goes. So was he right? But he's not because it, during that thing, he says he found the guy dead, and then he used the axe to cut up his body. So the axe was there was no axe that killed him. So ha, he was wrong. Boom, <laughs> mic drop. Also, I read that book and the the one the follow up that Anthony or Anthony Andrew would never read because it's called "This Book Is Full of Spiders." No, seriously, put it down. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's fear of spiders, like I guarantee, he couldn't even read a book that was titled that. Yeah, and Don Coscarelli talks about that in his book. It's called um, what the fuck is it? Indie something, indie horror or something. I don't remember. It's true indie. Um, it's a great book. I've read it a couple times. But he talks about it in his book that he just happened to have like one of those Amazon. That, pop-up recommendations yeah. on his computer and it's like you would like this book because he was a fan of joe lansdale obviously i mean he right. made um bubba hotep uh and he said he reached out to the to the writer david wong that's not his real name but right. david wong and he said like he didn't think he was going to get it but two weeks later the guy s- sent an email back and he's like if you are who you say you are um, but don't something like in talk, but he's like, if you're not, then you have impressed me by your lack of time and to go to the great lengths that you went to, to trick me. So good job. <laughs> I just thought that was a fucking, it just, and it fits the author's like per, oh, yeah. personality and humor and stuff. But I just well, thought that was great. It's funny. Cause I actually have the movie rights for a book. So what book? Uh, it's actually one of my favorite books. It's called Sister to the Fae. Uh, a buddy of mine wrote it. Okay. Uh, and I told him, I'm like, dude, if I ever, mm. if I ever get to the point where I have a real budget, cause this, mo- this book needs a real budget, 
I go, I want to make this into a movie. And he's like, you can make it into a movie if you now if you want. I'm like, no, I need I was like, I need to do this justice because it's such a good book. It it's like perfect for my sense of taste. Like, cause it's you know, modern day. It's who's you know, the author? Uh, D. H. Irving is his pen name. And it's on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon. He self-published uh on Kindle for like three dollars, the first one. The second one is available in print or Kindle, and it's Sister of the Fate, Fool's Gold is the sequel, just as good as the first. Um, basically, like he he was someone I knew growing up, and I, you know through other friends and stuff. And my buddy, my best friend's like, dude, you know you remember this guy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he wrote a book. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, it's on Kindle for three dollars. I'm like, oh okay. And I put down a Terry Pratchett book to read this because and Terry Pratchett's one of my favorite authors. And I read it and I'm like, I messaged him. I'm like, dude, I love this fucking book. I go and and now he's like, he's like, oh, you should have told me you were going to read it. I would have just given it to you. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm happy to pay for it. And, um, like I told him, I'm like, yeah, I put down Terry Pratchett. He's like, dude, I don't think I could hear a better, you know, praise because he knows Terry Pratchett. He loves it, but it's like modern day leprechauns, gnomes, that, that whole thing. But it's kind of like, uh, a men in black type thing where there's this, like this organization that's kept to kind of keep them from destroying the world because they're all very powerful and they're all a lot of them are assholes. Like leprechauns are painted to be like the biggest assholes in the in the I planet. I watched the movie. I know they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look what he did to Jennifer Aniston or tried to. Uh, so like, but I yeah, I talked to him. He's like, yeah, you know. So I can if someday I want to, I want to make that movie so bad because it's it was such a perfect thing for me. Like the the main character is very. Uh, sarcastic, very Bruce Campbell feel to it, okay. like 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 Ash. Yeah, yeah, it feels like Ash in that world. But it's funny because he's basically brought into this organization that's all women, because uh, it, the way it works is like it used to be that the two realms were together and then they got pulled apart, and the ones that were human that stayed in the human thing, but there were some that still had the ancestry, but it only was passed along from in the female side. Oh. So it was only women that ever had this ability to see the Fae. And all of a sudden he's a male that can see the Fae. And they're oh, like, shit. what the fuck's happening? And they try to figure it out and they bring him in. And it's fo- so funny though, because it's all gorgeous women. Like is the genes of the Fae that are in there make them like oh. absolutely gorgeous. And so he's just in this group of gorgeous women. And it's hilarious because he's just <laughs> like, they do this bonding ritual. That's normally since it's since generations it's only been women in the thing. The bonding ritual involves like a nightgown and all this stuff and they're like, You have to wear this. He's like, What? <laughs> Dude, that sounds awesome and but hilarious. It is a really good book. Again, D. H. Irving, uh, Sister to the Fae. I, I promise you, well worth more than the three dollars that it costs. And it might be even less on Kindle, I don't know now. Gotcha. But I would highly recommend that book to any in fact I do. Anytime someone talks to me about any book. They're like, yeah, I read this book about you know World War Two, and I'm like, you should read D. H. Irving, Sister <laughs> the Fae, because I will hoard out to everybody. Yeah, well, there might be some kind of undertones they could pick up for World War Two there. <laughs> um, but so watch The Witcher. Absolutely, watch The Witcher, even if you've never played the games or read the books, because I haven't, and I love it. You know, it, and for the people out there that don't. Like that kind of stuff. If you like, you know, a nice man ass. I mean, that's Superman in tights, or not tights, but very tight pants. So there you go. Um, and there's boobs now and then. 
and watch you. That sounds pretty cool. I'm sure you Mr. Sir, really when he gets back from the Hogwarts convention in England, we'll be talking <laughs> about that next week. Uh, and I finished Don't Fuck With Cats, which I know Mr. Sir recommended oh, yeah. that other thing. And yeah, it is really absolutely good. Is it really? It, it is worth yeah, it. Like, I should probably check it cause out. Because I only, when we discussed it, I was just on the first episode. And the by the second and third episode, shit gets crazy. And I hadn't even gotten to that point yet. And I already liked it. Really? So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm Anthony. Ah, you son of a bitch. You did that on purpose. <laughs> you waited till I was sipping my coffee to do that. Uh, I'm golden. Oh, see ya. <laughs> you fucker.